Hello, everybody. How you doing? Hope all is well. This is Perry Rosopoulos. Welcome back to another episode of Shot of Philosophy. Once again, we're sticking today to our spring cleaning for the soul type approach. And today we're talking about developing trust. So if you have trust issues, that's the pathology. Maybe you feel like you are too trusting, or maybe you feel like you are not trusting enough. We're going to examine it today with an exercise from a great book by the School of Life called Self-Knowledge. And before we get to that, just a brief overview on trust. I hope to return to this topic in other episodes because I do feel like there's a lot to unpack here, right? Um, we can trust ourselves or we cannot trust ourselves. Similarly, we can trust or not trust the universe. And of course, we can trust or not trust other people. I think a large part of how and why we do or do not trust will really be served nicely or figuring that out will be served nicely by examining ourselves, by examining our pasts, examining our histories, our interpretation of what has happened to us, our interpretation of our relationships with other people, our interpretation of our views of ourselves. All of these things I think really warrant thorough examination and we could even say excavation to figure out how we might trust in a way that's healthier, trust in a way that's more philosophical. <clears throat> because ultimately, I am not a proponent or a supporter in general, or maybe there are times for this, um, of blind faith. I think we could have maybe, let's say, a discerning faith or a trust that we can establish through evidence, right? Through gathering evidence, through examining evidence, and through asking questions. I think a great way to start this conversation, too, before we get to the School of Life, is just an overview of some of the ideas that Seneca presents. Right? One of the key points he raises is we should learn how to trust. Some people we trust, other people we do not. And I want to run with that interpretation for a minute to not only apply to other people, but also apply to ourselves. There are certain thoughts we can trust, which is to say we believe in them, we trust them to be true, and other thoughts we shouldn't trust. And a large part of our ability to, to know who to trust and to know which thoughts or lines of thinking or types of thinking within ourselves we can trust will be to identify where these initial things come from. So by that I mean, if a thought is clearly connected to some trauma that you've yet to unpack, then we can really sort of look at even our perceptions, right? The School of Life and other essays we hopefully cover asks us, you know, asks us at times like, should you trust your perception? Should you trust, we could even say more in a more stoic sense perhaps, your value judgment? Is this thing really what it is? Can you trust the way you're perceiving it? And sometimes the answer is no. And I think a large part of the way we discern, let's say when our lens or our way of seeing is tainted by something else, has to be self-examination. Right? And it goes to something as simple as you're having a rough day and then you're impatient with somebody. It's not really what they're doing or saying. It's your own impatience. So you can't trust this thing to be true, this thing which is this interpretation of their behavior as being rude or annoying or as an obstacle. So we have to get good at this. And I think that's one of the reasons why trusting ourselves, others, and the universe can be so difficult. So we refer to self-knowledge, and I think what the book presents is really very accurate and very interesting. So let me get to the book real quick, and it will present us with an exercise to figure out how trusting we are. And before we get to that, just a little bit about this book. I strongly recommend it. When I first got this, I read this like three or four times. I teach it. It's in my anthology that I provide for my students. I really think this is a great exercise from an excellent book. It's super short. It's very powerful. The School of Life has a bunch of books like this. They're super short, 
and they usually cover like singular themes and I think they do so very well. So this whole book about self-knowledge, I would say is a great way to start reading about philosophy. If you've been reading philosophy for years, not only do I think it benefits you philosophically, but it also is sort of that philosophy, as not sort of, that's an, an understatement. It really is philosophy as a form of therapy through a Socratic lens. So I do suggest it no matter where you are, let's say, in your um, experience with philosophy. And ultimately, I present philosophical meditation as something that will sound familiar if you've been listening to this podcast as an exercise in asking ourselves questions. They suggest that you spend time with a pen and paper, so self-writing once again. And they really strongly suggest focusing on three questions. What am I presently anxious about? What am I presently upset about? And what am I presently excited about? And of course, I would say philosophical meditation is not at all limited to these things, but it's this process of examining ourselves through questioning accompanied by self-writing. And for the school of life, I love this definition, right? Or this description more so. For them, philosophical meditation does not magically solve problems, but it may help hugely in creating an occasion when we can identify our thoughts and get them in some kind of order. That's Marcus Aurelius, right? Winnowing the thoughts. I love that idea. Fears, resentments, and hopes become easier to name. We become less scared of the contents of our own minds. We grow calmer, less resentful, and clearer about our direction in life. We start at last to know ourselves a little better. So with that in mind, let's do what they call a test or emotional identity test. Right? So we want to figure out whether or not or how and if we are trusting. We want to use the following scale. I'll present you with statements in a moment that you'll apply the scale to. So one on the scale is that's not true at all, right? I totally disagree with that. Two is that's not very true, but there's a glimmer of truth in it. Three, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Four, it's a little bit true, but I have a few reservations. And five, yes, that's true, absolutely. So with that in mind, Let's talk about trust. The first statement they provide is, it's not going to be okay in the end. So again, think about that scale. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Or are you somewhere in the middle? It is not going to be okay in the end. Number two, I worry about my health. Three, civilization is pretty fragile. Four, when someone is late, I sometimes wonder, if they might have died. And five, if you don't watch them closely, people will try to swindle or fool you. So I like these few prompts, a little bit dramatic, but I like them because they get us thinking about our trust in other people, our trust in ourselves to some extent, and our trust in the universe which I think are three major, again, three kind of like major, let's say, sections or types of trust that we can work to establish, which is to say, all right, am I maybe more trusting of the universe than I am of myself or vice versa or what have you? And then we can think about how we maybe should develop trust. And to think about how we might develop trust after we rank ourselves with each of those statements to see where we land, right? Um, how and why should we develop that trust? How would life be different? if you were more trusting of the universe, if you were more trusting of other people, if you were more trusting in yourself. And I think trust and confidence also are sort of like ideas that are adjacent. 
right? Belief too. Belief, trust, confidence, all these are ideas kind of in the same group of ideas, I believe. And from a personal perspective, I'm someone who, hmm, I could definitely be more trusting of all three of those categories. I think of the three, I trust myself the most. I trust, I'm not even sure if I trust other people more or if I trust the universe more. I definitely would say for number five, I'm like, yeah, that's true. You have to watch people and you have to be aware of what they're doing. You have to ask questions. You can't assume people have good intentions. And that hasn't been great. That is something I'd like to mend a little bit. And I can really connect that quite nicely to certain memories from my childhood and certain memories from my adult life. And it's, it's been something that to an extent has been reinforced. This idea that if you don't ask questions and if you don't, um, let's say, really inquire about things and about people's opinions and people's intentions and people's ideas and actions, there's the sense that they can't be trusted. And that's something I've, I've had to work on. And it's something I've actually made tremendous progress with, I would say, as a result of having very, you know, just really great people come into my life throughout the past few years, especially, and also from having, and I'm fortunate this way, having parents that I could trust and a sister that I could also trust. So I think for me, as I reflect on the events that damaged, let's say, my trust, because I would say for number five specifically, I should be more trusting. I think that's something I, I, I need to develop and should develop. My lack of trust in other people is not a good thing. Now, of course, in the words of Seneca, right, we have to work on establishing the ability to trust some people and not trust other people. So we shouldn't be suspicious of everyone necessarily, and we should be able to put trust in certain individuals. And the other side of that, right, would of course be, or I think an important aspect of that would be how do we know? And that'll be different for everyone, right? But I think first, as with self-knowledge, we come to know ourselves. Are we generally trusting? Are we generally not trusting? And then we can move more effectively, I believe, into figuring out if other people are trustworthy. And also, I think, you know, if you thought everything would be okay in the end, which is sort of a comment, I think, on the universe to some extent, because for me, it's like you could think about that in regards to your own sort of path through life, but also you could think about it in a broader perspective, right? The Stoics were big on this idea of cosmic consciousness. We're all, again, woven together, and we want to be aware of that. We want to be aware of the larger things going on in the world, in the universe, because they situate us nicely as an important part of it. But nonetheless, we are not the only thing in the universe, right? So we avoid being egocentric, and then we also avoid feeling like what we do doesn't matter because we're connected to everyone. It does matter. So if you were more trusting, and let's say you had a positive understanding of the sense that we're woven in together, would you have a happier life? Would you have a more eudaimonic life? I don't know. For me, again, I'm leaning towards yes, because that's also something I struggle with a little bit. I would like to be more trusting of others. I would like to be more trusting of the universe. And I'd even like to be more trusting of myself. And I think a part of that is, like we said, learning what makes ourselves trustworthy, what situations are we very trustworthy in, then which situations are we less trustworthy in, then we apply that to other people as well. And what makes someone trustworthy? I think is a very interesting question that we could also examine. Is it that they apply the four Stoic virtues, right? We see that, okay, this is someone who's fair, someone who's 
who has some wisdom, someone who's balanced in a sense, someone who's courageous, right? Does that help make, well, again, courage, confidence, trust, sort of similar. And this is something I'm really grappling with myself. And I think learning to trust other people might be the only way we can test this out. Right, so maybe as we say with self-knowledge, right, we get to know people. I think that's a pathway to learning to trust them or not, right? Figuring that out. And by coming to know, I mean maybe learning with that stoic virtue, with the stoic virtues we talked about, right? Do they embody these things? And then maybe, okay, this is someone who does who who does embody those things in terms of my ability to discern or tell that. So that knowledge aspect, I think, is an important thing. Before we trust, we should work to know. And I think ultimately putting our trust in other people is, is, is the test, right? And unfortunately in life, when we do that, sometimes we do get let down. But that doesn't mean we should never trust again. It means maybe we take a slightly different approach. And also in regards to the universe, this has been helpful for me, right? This is introducing Albert Camus a little bit. There might be, and this is, I say might be because I think I believe in this. I'm still working on it. And maybe this is something that you won't find to be the case something we've talked about before, right? Maybe if we accept that there's some absurdity to the universe, that everything isn't entirely rational, right? The stoic view of the universe is that, no, it's rational. doesn't mean it's all good. It just means it's rational. It fits. The people who say there's a reason for everything. I don't know. And maybe if we introduce a little bit of the absurdist approach and we stop looking for reasons all the time and we could just acknowledge, right, this person betrayed my trust. All right, let's move on. Maybe examine, of course, well, did I, was I too trusting? Did I make a mistake? But don't sit too long with that. Sometimes shit just happens, right? Sometimes it's just absurd. Sometimes there is, there isn't perhaps this reason behind everything. And that reasonlessness, that meaninglessness, that lack of order can kind of, in my opinion, free us a little bit. You can spend your whole life trying to figure out the reason for things and you'll never really know. So maybe we need to balance this need to know why things happen. Because I think that also is a large part of why learning to trust people can be very difficult. Because sometimes when you feel betrayed, there isn't a real reason or there isn't a good reason at all. So maybe the idea is like, you know what? We're all suffering. People do horrible things sometimes or people betray each other's trust sometimes. I'm not going to be that type of person. I'm not going to welcome that and, and perpetuate that in my life. So I'm going to change the way I live. I think Camus would really love that idea. Instead of harping on trying to know why, I still want to have a generally positive view of people. I still want to view people as generally, and I use that word to keep Seneca in mind, because not, you know, not everyone is trustworthy, of course, right? But from Camus' perspective too, I think he'd agree with this. Generally, people are trustworthy. Generally, I can trust in people. I can believe in them. And Camus, of course, as an absurdist, is like, well, you can trust that the universe is kind of not trustworthy, which is to say it's not predictable. You can't put your confidence that the universe, you can't put your confidence in the universe for Camus that it's going to make any sense. So maybe it's a different type of trust, right? You trust that the universe is going to be a little bit chaotic, but I do think that for Camus, he would encourage us to be generally trusting in people, that there's goodness there. So maybe we go back to Marcus a little bit too. Throw that bitter blueberry away. Throw that untrustworthy person who damaged you away. Throw conceptions away that the universe even is something we should try to trust. We have to just live this life. This is a very absurdist philosophy I'm presenting now, right? Live this life, be a little bit optimistic, be willing to trust other people, 
and be willing to also trust in yourself after, I would say, we work on our skills of discernment. And by that, I mean after we work at asking good questions and getting some knowledge about ourselves and others, then we live that knowledge and we make it wisdom. So it's not blind faith. I don't think Camus would promote blind faith either. He was too much of a, of a philosopher for that. But we can work to have good faith that's based in philosophy. Ask questions. Maybe this exercise today was helpful for you. Question yourself a little bit. Figure out how trusting you are, how you might be more trusting. Well, let's even say, because maybe some of us have to be less trusting. So the question might be, how can we establish a healthy relationship to trusting ourselves, trusting others, and trusting the universe? And I hope the exercise is helpful, and I hope some of these reflections are helpful. Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.